and Mike Broomhead, there are two words that you will rarely hear me use in a newscast. Okay. The first one is officials. The second one is gubernatorial. Right. So that's why I'm going to talk about the fact that you've been chosen to moderate the debate in the governor's race. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you. So I, we don't have to use gubernatorial. Yeah, I don't use that word either. It's very Who weird. Who talks like that? I know. No one. No one does. But uh, it, it's an honor. And thanks, Jamie. Um, I, I not, didn't expect to be chosen to do this, but I've been asked by the Clean Elections Commission, by the Citizens Clean Elections Commission, to moderate the debate. And we're still hoping it will be a debate. Um, and we are set up for whatever comes our way. And we're looking forward to doing that. So that will air this Sunday at 5 o'clock on AZTV7. But there'll be multiple ways to, to watch it and listen to to it available because it's important for Arizona. So before I get into the topic on the show, I just want to say it was a you know a process of them vetting a bunch of different people. I expect there to be some kind of uh, possible fallout for being chosen, but I, I'm committed to doing a fair job if we have both candidates there. I have interviewed Katie Hobbs, the Secretary of State, on two occasions for television. Um, both interviews went very well. If you want to go over to AZTV7 slash vote, you can see over at the TV station the interviews I did with uh, the Secretary of State, and I've also interviewed uh, Carrie Lake on a number of occasions for television. So uh, it should be an interesting evening. We're looking to get a lot of information. This is a very, very important election, and uh, it, it could redirect or or continue, a, whatever you want to call it, continue the success of Arizona. It could redirect the way we do things in many, many ways. So it is very important, taking the job very seriously and looking forward to it uh, Sunday at 5 p.m. on AZTV7. So uh, we'll talk more about this maybe as the day goes on, but that's it. It's not. It, I don't want this to be, be about me. I want this to be about Arizona, and uh, hopefully we're going to do a nice job informing the people of Arizona that are voting on what the candidates stand for. Um, let's start this morning with uh, what's going on with gas, gas prices. Biden hasn't stopped oil production is what he has said. Um, but what's interesting is I want you to hear um, this is about energy uh, consumption and energy just shifting, uh, moving over to a different form of fuel. Asking the Congress to pass a permitting bill to speed up the approval of all kinds of energy production, from wind to solar to clean hydrogen, because we need to get this moving now, quickly. And, and so this is what the problem is in my mind. We're going to talk a little bit about this this morning because we are seeing the president is denying that they have stopped oil production. What's happened is they made a mistake. And it wasn't the White House specifically, but it was a federal agency made a mistake. And how drilling offshore in the Gulf of Mexico would impact the Gulf of Mexico. They made a calculation error. It has slowed down and stopped. We're already existing oil leases and permits. So they want that corrected, but it hasn't been corrected as of yet. It's, it's something that needs to be done, and it hasn't. Um, but the president said that he has, do, has done nothing um, – to stop the production of oil. And that's just not true. It is not true. Um, he talks about the oil companies. And this is, I want you to hear a couple of more things where he is going after the oil companies for profiteering. Bring down the price you charge at the pump to reflect what you pay for the product. You still make a significant profit. Your shareholders will still do very well. And the American people will catch a break they deserve. If the American people are going to catch the break they deserve, you should unleash the oil companies. And I will I'm, again, it's not about defending oil companies. It's just about what the truth is. And let's let's be fair. Be fair about this. The very same oil companies with the very same leadership in their board of directors and CEOs with a few changes possibly, the very same oil companies that for the span of 4 years during the Trump presidency were charging you less than $3 per gallon for gasoline. 
are the same oil companies now that under the Biden administration are profiteering. It is a political stance that holds no water, and it is just about politics. It is about the demonization of corporate America. When you start hearing an American president sound like a Venezuelan president about price caps and demands of the private sector – It is a scary situation for everyone. I want oil prices or gas prices to go down just like you do. I'm getting hammered at the pump. I've got kids who struggle raising their kids. They're single moms that are in the same situation and everybody's struggling. So it certainly isn't as if I'm sitting on top of a mountain and just looking down at the peasants. That is not – that's not the case. We all understand we're struggling. The president of the United States is being disingenuous when he says these things to the oil companies. He is – what he's doing is he is rallying part of his base. They, everybody has a right to their opinion. But when you are talking about having a reasonable conversation, you've got to begin there. And if I were somebody that were asking questions, if I were in the White House press pool, I would be asking Karine Jean-Pierre this. I would be asking the president this. The same oil companies that were charging less than $3 a gallon for four straight years – are now profiteering. It's their fault. That does not make sense. When you look at it in a common sense way, it doesn't make sense. The same companies. Did they just like Trump better? Is that what it was? No, it was the policies of the presidency. It was the policies of the administration. You unleash the free markets. America is always at its best when you unleash and let us do what we do. And we just get out of the way. That's a good leader. In any situation, and you could be the most uh, opposite me politically that listens just to hear the opposition speak. But we all understand instinctively this is how we all want to be treated. Nobody wants to be micromanaged. Nobody wants to be hired to do a job to have your boss stand over your shoulder and tell you which buttons to push. Now you're just a button pusher. Aside from the fact that they aren't the experts, we understand, especially, and this is not a slam, this is just an observation. The president of the United States has been in American politics almost as long as I've been alive. There hasn't been a private sector background really for this president for 40 or 50 years. And you're telling the private sector how to behave, and it's a deflection from the failed policies. The president of the United States is talking about speeding up clean energy, moving away from fossil fuels while criticizing the fossil fuel industry. That is, a, that is an opinion of ignorance on how business works. If they have absolutely no security in their future, why are they going to build for their future? It's not good for them. It's not good for their shareholders. It's not good for you and I in our 401k because I guarantee you unless you've specifically told your investor not to do it, you're invested in the oil companies as part of your retirement account. So there's more. Um, The White House is pushing ahead with, with research to cool the earth by reflecting the sunlight. They also are trying to expand. This is a great headline. New York Times. I read this headline. I thought, oh, this is great. Biden expands efforts to secure U.S. energy independence. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they're finally getting the message. They're getting the message. We need to be energy independent. Wow. And I started reading the story. The administration announced $2.8 billion in grants to expand domestic manufacturing of batteries for electric vehicles. Now, I have nothing against EVs at all. Been in a Tesla. Love them. The, the new Ford Lightning, the truck that Ford came out with that's battery operated is revolutionary. It is an amazing vehicle. Got nothing against moving to in a different direction or at least expanding. 
But what's happening right now is because of the policies of this White House. They are sprinting toward electric vehicles. We are not prepared in infrastructure. There's no way we can handle it in the power grid. Texas is already shaky. California is already shaky. California announces that they are going to ban gas-powered vehicles from being sold, whatever that law is in California, by 2035. And the very next day made an announcement, please don't charge your electric vehicles because it's too tough on the grid right now. You've got now you've also exposed something else. And it's not it's not that it says these things have to go away, but you know that this is not as rosy as everybody's talking about. After Hurricane Ian in the Gulf of Mexico, in Fort Myers and Naples and all over southwest Florida, those vehicles that were submerged in water, salt water, those batteries have broken and it's taking thousands of gallons of water to put out the fire. They are they are spontaneously exploding or burning. There have been a couple of homes. They put a video out in southwest Florida because disabled vehicles in people's garage, the battery cracks. It has a chemical reaction, starts a fire. There are homes in southwest Florida that survived, that were able to survive the hurricane, that burned to the ground because electric vehicles caught on fire in their garages. So there, this is going to be a process. And in the meantime, we should be unleashing the American capabilities in oil. And we should be doing this so that the American people are not paying what they're paying. Going after the oil companies is a, is a complete deflection from what's really happening. And that's what bothers me more than anything else is that we are not going to get any kind of relief because they aren't going to do anything to give us any kind of relief. What we're going to do in a moment, Arizona officials say that shipping containers at the border are legal. We'll talk about that next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with the Mike Broomhead Show this morning. Um, Arizona officials have pushing back against the White House. The federal government has come out and said they believe that the shipping containers placed at the southern border of the United States in Yuma are illegal, and they want them removed. The the uh, State officials, Alan Clark, director of the Arizona Division of Emergency Management with the State Department of Emergency and Military Affairs, sent a letter to the Bureau of Reclamation officials saying the placement of the containers by Arizona Governor Doug Ducey did not break any laws. What this conversation is truly about is about what we are going to do as a nation at the southern border. We, as a state, live, obviously, on the border. But the federal government is charged with controlling it. They aren't, and much to the dismay of many people, are acting as if there is no problem. That's where the problem lies more than anything else. How long have I been saying this? When it comes to the economy, saying the economy is strong as hell while the economy is slowing down and everybody, Bloomberg predicting a 100% chance of recession. The White House behind the scenes preparing for the possibility of an economic catastrophe. But publicly, there's no problem. We're doing just fine. We are strong. And look at all the jobs and look at this. Now, there is something to saying 
we're in good shape and and shining a good light, a positive light, like, hey, listen, we understand you're having a rough time right now. We understand that America is going through a rough patch. But look at the bright side. There's value in that. In every every administration, on every every political stripe does that. Cast the best light you can. But without an acknowledgement that there's a problem, it never gets fixed. It's like the person in your life, someone you love in your family that will never go to the doctor. Never. And you know they're sick. You know that the longer they wait, the worse it's going to get. And you're helpless. There's nothing you can do. So the president of the United States says the economy is strong as hell. The vice president of the United States, who's been charged with fixing the border issue, within a month, about a month ago, went on national television and said the border's secure. Now they're in a predicament because border governors have begun to show the country what they're enduring by busing people to some of these cities that call themselves sanctuary cities in a very – and I will tell you, they are – Doing what they believe is the humane thing to do and saying you are welcome here whether you have papers or you don't, whether you're documented or you're not. We treat everyone the same. There's nobility in that, I guess, right, to say we accept everyone. We don't judge. Well, now they're on your doorstep and you're screaming that you can't handle it. Well, we don't have the luxury you have. We don't have the luxury to speak in platitudes about what we might do. Now it's facing you, and you're saying the same things that we are saying. And the administration isn't helping. They're not stopping the problem where it has begun, which is at the southern border of the United States. I can say with full confidence that I have been very consistent in my love for immigration in America, and I will always hold that position. When Reagan called us the shining city on the hill, we are the world's last best hope. And we are. Our immigration problem should be a source of pride for us. The number of people from everywhere on this planet that want to come here should make us all proud. And instead, because of our mismanagement and our mishandling of this, It is a disaster. Good people that are entitled are waiting in line with people that aren't entitled. It has bogged down the entire system. Enforcement agents that should be stopping crime are processing people that are here with false claims of asylum. We don't have a managed uh, visa system. We should have a guest worker program. And the poorest border has people coming across our borders in droves being brought here. They are brought here by the cartels who are enriching themselves, buying more and more arms, and then taking it out on the nations where they live. Just look at recent history. I've used the example of the 1980s so many times. Look at what the cartels were able to do, the Medellin, the Cali cartels, what they were able to do in building armies, building armies and fighting against their home government when their governments tried to rein them in. And that's what they do. These criminal Cartels, these criminal organizations, have no respect for human life or law. And the longer we wait to deal with it, 
the harder it's going to be and the more deadly it's going to be. And it's a shame that we're having what's happening at the border. So the shipping containers were necessary. They were necessary because the administration isn't doing its job. And so now they're saying these are legal, they're staying. So now let's see if the White House takes them down. Or do they find some way to sanction Arizona money? Who knows what they're going to do? But the more eyes they put on the border, the worse it gets for them. So I don't know why they made this statement, because now more and more people are talking about these things at the border and asking the question, why would the governor of Arizona do this? Well, he's doing it because there's huge gaps in the border that's crushing the economies and the uh, assistance that's needed for citizens at the border. We're assisting people that aren't here legally, and it's not a good thing. All right, coming up in a moment, Gatos joins me, and it's the Big Q poll question of the day, so stick around for it. The Gatos Big Q poll question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. You going to the Card Saints games tonight? Nope. Did you sell your tickets? Nope, I gave them away. Oh, what a sweetheart. Yeah. I sold mine for as much as I possibly could get. Good for you. Who'd you give your tickets to? Uh, somebody here in the building. Really? Yeah, I gave them wow. to uh, someone. And here, this is uh, this is how kind I try to be to the people that I love. <laughs> okay. Um, um, uh, one of the, you know, Taylor Kinnerup. Sure. Gave her the tickets because her boyfriend is a big Saints fan. How could you do that? Well, because. I mean, now you're sending a Saints fan to the game. What kind of a Cardinals fan are you? I'm the kind of Cardinals fan that's dealing in reality with the season we're having right now. <laughs> I'm the kind of Cardinals fan that sold but, my tickets but as well. But it's fair and balanced because you know Taylor is a big Cardinals fan. Yeah. And yeah. I'm pretty sure she's louder than him, and I've never met sure. him. Yeah. I've met him. She's louder. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. I sold mine. Uh Here's my cue okay. for the Cardinals. All right. um, if the Cardinals lose to the Saints on Thursday night football, should Cliff Kingsbury be fired? Mm. All right. A, yes. B, absolutely. C, 100%. D, no doubt. <laughs> e, all the above. Which one do you like? <laughs> I'm so done with him. Well, you know what's funny is there's a difference between should and will. Yeah. I agree with you that he should. I don't know that he will. I think if he, I think if they lose tonight, I think he gets fired. Yep. I don't even I, think he's the best head coach on the team. Vance Joseph is. Yes, yeah, I agree he's with the defensive that. Defensive coordinator. What that guy's been able to do with that defense is yeah. incredible, and it's a shame, shame that it, the offense is overshadowing it. Uh, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury knows how to run an offense, and that's what they brought him in for. I don't think he knows what calls. To a place to call. I don't think he knows how to run a clock, and I think he's ruining Kyler Murray. Everybody said, "Oh, they're a perfect match." He's ruining this guy. I think he's somebody else in. I don't see the leadership skills that we've no. seen with other head coaches. You know what I mean? No, these guys are not ready to play when they are at home. Mm-hmm. They've lost eight games in a row yep. at home. Yep. And you and I go to the games, and we can clearly see there's really no fire. They're like, "Okay, we're here. Do we have to kick off?" <laughs> You know that that's how I see it and I, that's got to be Cliff Kingsbury. So I'm I'm almost rooting for the Cardinals to lose tonight so they get rid of this guy. Well, I uh, I love the question. It's such a great question and it I, is. I and I'm I'm going to try to watch part of the game. 
So you better watch part of the game if you're a fan. Right. All right. We'll text each other during the game. It'll be fun. All right. Thanks, man. All right. All right. Bye. That's Gatos. And the big Q poll question today is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Coming up just after nine o'clock, uh, civilian oversight of the police is very popular. But is it effective? We will talk about that in just a few moments.